Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them the tools to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And we are going to have so much fun today because we're going to really talk about marketing, social media, things like that, in particular for small business owners. Um, you know, those people that are always going, I don't need to use that, or I don't know how to use that. Um, you know, and, and so then they don't use it. And so we're really going to have a great time today talking with Mary Honan, who is an expert in this and is going to tell us so many things about why people absolutely still have to be doing marketing, have to be using social media, all those various things. So welcome, Mary. Thank you. Great, great. Well, let me tell folks just a little bit about you. So Mary is a passionate, fact-based marketer. As founder of Four Marketing Matters, LLC, Mary developed the perfect outsourced marketing model for savvy CEOs seeking an ongoing partner. As a marketing evangelist, Mary preaches the marketing gospel, addressing the common misunderstandings of marketing and its function. At her core, Mary is strategic and analytical, planning and executing to maximize ROI. A high-energy leader and entrepreneur, Mary enters year 10 running her business. She earned her MBA from Emory University's Guzetta Business School and has two Bachelor of Science degrees in finance and marketing from Boston College, graduating summa cum laude. Oh, wow. See, I told you we were talking to an expert. So again, Mary, welcome. Thrilled to be here, Deb. Thanks for having me. Well, I love that you have the whole left brain, right brain thing going on. You know, <laughs> so you've got the analytical, but then you also have the creativity of what it takes to be in marketing. So how the heck does that work? Well, I, I proudly tell people I am a nerd and I am proud of being a nerd because one of the things that we offer our clients is being that fact-based, um, that, you know, in a, any small business, you want to make sure you're investing in things that are going to deliver an ROI. And mm -hmm. we're very fact-based to make sure that our clients are comfortable with that any money we're recommending they spend in marketing, that we can show a return on that investment. So the way I get both my sides of the brain working is actually surrounding myself with my uh, talented team. Mm -hmm. Many of them then bring the graphic design and the creative side. I I feel I have personally a strength on the messaging side, but the creative side of it is where you surround yourself with other talents. So we all complement each other and bring that full value to our to our team. So I'm not going to take the creative um, the the credit for the creative side as much as being able to work with my with my whole team to make sure we bring that to the client. But I, I definitely bring the nerd side, no doubt about it. <laughs> you know, and, and more and more, we've got to be nerds. You know, that just, it's, it's funny, you know, how many hours a day do we spend at our computers? I mean, we're just right. attached to it. You know, and, and when we're not sitting at our desk, we're carrying our iPad, we've got our smartphone, we've got all of those various things. And, you know, we, we are, we're just attached at the hip to technology. But so many small business owners really struggle with how they need to do marketing. So, you know, let's let's really take a step back because one of your premises that is that people don't always understand what marketing is. So talk to us right. about what is marketing. 
Well, it, it, it is uh, a reason that I launched my business 10 years ago is because coming out of the corporate side of the world, I was with a, um, a software uh, company and they eliminated marketing in the downturn in, in 2007. And mm-hmm. honestly, that spurred me to think, in a downturn, why would you right. eliminate what builds the top of your funnel? And that always and- happens. It always happens. We just seem to be, we marketers seem to be, oh, it's a nice to have function. It's when we get Mm -hmm. bigger. It's when we have more money, when we get more funding. It's that procrastination. And to your point in bringing this topic to your audience of small business owners, I do not believe that. I truly believe marketing is a critical, essential, ongoing function Mm -hmm. of any business. And just like you, if you're launching a business, you would make sure you have a strong um, accountant, uh, a lawyer, people to give you advice. I really believe that at that early on phase of building your business, you should absolutely have someone with marketing expertise to help you think about how you're going to go to market. Mm-hmm. So it really ended up being why the why I branded the company for Marketing Matters. And I joke with people that there's an implied damn it at the end right. of the name mm-hmm. because I firmly believe you don't need it full time mm-hmm. you as, as a small business, but you right. still need the expertise. And mm-hmm. so what does that mean? And so when you ask me, uh, how do I view marketing in one word, broadly, I look at marketing very broadly um, and I look at it as being that engine that is building the top of your funnel. It's driving your, it's building your brand. Mm-hmm. It's driving the awareness of your brand. It's defining and developing your offerings, your services of what you're going to bring to market. And I also believe it's that back end of retaining and servicing your customers. So an analogy I often use is a green apple and green because green is a key color of our brand. And I I talk to folks about, if you think about a Granny Smith apple and you pick that and it's so shiny and pretty on the outside, but the essence of marketing is not just that shiny outer layer, but Mm -hmm. it's the seeds. It's the inside of growing the business and marketers plant the seeds for future growth. Mm-hmm. And I also believe if, you, if you're if you an athlete and you think about the core of one's body, the core of one's body is where your heart and soul is. Right. And that's what makes us unique. Mm-hmm. And if you attribute that same sense of core to a business, what makes you unique is your brand is your unique value proposition, what mm-hmm. you stand for, who you are, your values. And I think that's what marketing helps define and bring um, out to the public. So I do look at it very broadly. And I think for a small business owner, it can be overwhelming. And I totally understand that. And if it's not your background or expertise, then I really believe you are, you're doing yourself um, a great um, uh, a, a, a great support for your business by making sure you have experts that you can turn to from a marketing perspective to mm-hmm. set your company up for success. Right. You know, and, and you mentioned the fact that you know, it, it is the core. And so many folks mix marketing and sales up. Ah, yes. You know, and, and it's funny because I was at one of those big companies that said, oh, we're going to downsize. So marketing's going away because, you know, <laughs> sales can just do that. 
Right. And you know, and, and obviously sales is very critical. You're not going to have a company if you don't have sales. But you you have to have marketing to give the salespeople something to sell. Yes. You know, it's it is that messaging and it's it's very different. I mean, people who are very good salesmen in many ways are not good at marketing. That's you know, right. Because it's it is That's a right. different skill set. It is. It is. And you are you have hit something that is so important that many companies, no matter the size, as you mentioned, small um, and and big, but oftentimes you see it in large organizations where what's your role? I'm the VP of sales and marketing. Mm -hmm. And to me, a red light goes off like, well, which are you good at? What's your Mm -hmm. background? Um, Because I think they're compromising one or the other. Mm -hmm. Um, I totally agree with you. I think that salespeople, that is a skill set of opening doors and and following up on leads and and all those things that salespeople do very well. That is different from the marketing function. And another analogy I use related to that is I think of, you know, if um, as a kid, if you were in a relay race and you had to hand off, you know, that's the that's that strong handoff between marketing and sales that you want. And oftentimes it can be um, an interesting relationship with some friction there. But really, it should be a strong relationship where marketing is there saying, okay. Let's really identify and prioritize our target audiences, mm-hmm. the, what the offerings are going to be, how we're going to position them, the differentiation from the competition, and arm the salespeople with that information in useful ways right. to help them be successful. We often, in our role for our clients, are generating the leads and then handing them off to sales, and then we want to understand how did those leads go so we can learn and refine our Mm -hmm. efforts and there's a strong handoff there that I really I love and I joke with people I say maybe I'm a glutton for punishment but I like to work with clients that have a solution sales model a complex sale that Mm -hmm. we can really help evaluate and understand the nuances and set them up for success but it is a common is a common Mm -hmm. misunderstanding or misperception that it's one function and you can do one without the other Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and 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 you're we we do need both of them because, you know, I mentioned, hello, you can't have, you know, you don't have a company without sales. But the salespeople are going to tell us if our marketing is making sense. You know, did we have the right messaging? Um, You know, all these various things, because they're the salespeople are in the trenches. Yes. Talking with those people. And if they're saying, well, we saw your ad, but it didn't make sense. Or, you know, hey, this brochure is not, you know, I'm not understanding it or I couldn't find such and such on your website, you know, all these various things. Then you go back to the marketing folks and say, okay, here's what we're hearing. You know, and and sometimes it is that the brand is muddy. You know, I always love it when they're like, well, we didn't know what company you were. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes. Right. Right. We we did a search and we came across somebody else and we thought it was you. And yeah, all those mm-hmm. things, so important. You're absolutely right. The salespeople are a critical part of validating messages mm-hmm. and getting the feedback and working together on priorities. And um, it is, it's such an important relationship. And for small businesses, that's where um, making sure you have both those seats at the table mm-hmm. to set yourself up for success is really important. Right. You 
know, and, and it is very difficult for one person to do both because it, it is, it's kind of like, you know, the left brain and the right brain. You know, some people can do both, but you know, more than likely they're better at one or the other. You know, and, and so that's where it comes in to, you know, have a team of people that you're working with, whether it's short term, long term, you know, things like that. And and, you know, that's that's the great role of a company like yours is you can fill that role for them. That's the that's the gap I saw in the market where um, small businesses were underserved in terms mm-hmm. of marketing and what they would what they would tend to do and and I totally understand why is that a lot of um, independent contractors are out there with their particular skill set mm-hmm. and when you go down that route as a small business owner and you maybe have someone doing let's say uh, your social media mm-hmm. or they're doing your website work. Um, as you grow over time, then you may have multiple independent contractors. Well, they don't work with each other. Right. And the burden on the small business owner is then they become, by de facto, almost a marketing coordinator right. and they're the being the point manager. of contact. Mm-hmm. And if that's not their strength, and certainly as they continue to grow, it becomes a, an inefficient, um, unintegrated marketing effort, mm-hmm. which can create a challenge that your brand may not be consistent anymore across these touch points. So what we, why we went to market with our value proposition is that I saw a gap and I wanted to work and help small and mid-sized businesses grow in a way that we can scale as they scale and we can start very small and work with them to get the foundation in place and the Mm -hmm. essential elements. And then as they grow, we can scale with them and it's proven to be, um, a lot of fun, but also a great value proposition because the there's many agencies out there that offer particular expertise in websites and SEO as an example or public relations. And when you get some of these agencies in a city, let's say in Atlanta or mm-hmm. here where I am in the Boston area, those can be great services to a business, but for a small business owner, their prices can be um, too, uh, very high right. and they're providing one piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. So what we've done is over the years, I've built this A-team that we have the all the various levels of expertise. We work as a virtual agency, so you're not paying overhead uh, fees, but you're paying for a team that has worked together for many years and we are working across so that it's not putting the burden on the um, person running their business. They have one point of accountability, me, mm-hmm. and then we're developing the marketing plan and executing that on their behalf based on confirming their priorities and their goals. Right. So it's really become um, a very cost-effective and highly efficient model that is scalable and Mm -hmm. our clients you know there's this adage out there with marketing that you know the great thing about marketing is um 50 of it you know you know 50 of it works the problem is you just don't know which 50 Mm percent i don't buy that i buy that you can be very smart especially in today's world where investing in things where you can track and you Mm -hmm. mentioned us being tied to our computers and all the technology but the technology also enables, and here's the nerd me coming out, warning, mm-hmm. you can danger, do so much danger. tracking mm-hmm. and you can do so much analysis that mm-hmm. you can report to your clients what's working and the return on investment. And 
our clients get an impact report at the end of every month showing their return on marketing investment for the month Mm -hmm. because I don't want the CEO, the CFO, whatever their titles are, I don't want anyone to be wondering what the marketing department is doing for them. I want Mm -hmm. them to see it in real measurable numbers and to go over that and for them to feel good about the progress that's being made to execute their marketing plan and achieve their goals. And I think that's a key differentiator. I think a lot of agencies, quite honestly, are less metric driven. And there is a lot of, um, uh, you know, not intentional, but a lot of focus on what's being done with brand and all these different things that are hard to measure. And I'm a Mm -hmm. huge believer in brand, but you got to find a way to, okay, how can you measure that in a way that uh, your client can feel good about what's Mm -hmm. being delivered and not wonder if their investment in marketing is really paying off. Right. You know, and and it is tricky because in so many ways it's it's nebulous. Um, I started out my career in public relations. I still Mm -hmm. do public relations. Yeah. Um, You know, not, not nearly as much as I used to, but that was where I started. And, you know, they were always saying, well, prove to us that your press release was the reason we got X number of calls of sales <laughs> of whatever. Right. You know, and that's really difficult. Now, it granted, is. this was, you know, a while ago, <clears throat> you know, and, and so we definitely <laughs> didn't have all of the technology. But, you know, one of the really easy things that you can do, you know, whether it's 20 years ago or 20 minutes ago you can have different phone numbers. You can right. have different URLs, right. you know, different calls to action. You know, clearly, you know, there are are ways to start tracking these. Now, they do still tie together. You know, you've got the, what was the old adage? You had to see something seven times before you took action. Right. Um, you know, now it's got to be, you know, a much bigger number than that because we're, we're just so inundated with information. But, you know, so they might have seen five press releases, but it wasn't until, you know, somebody clicked on a link that they went to the website. And so they're going to say, well, hey, I you know bought the product because I went to the website. Well, it all tied together. Yes, that's right. That's you right. Know, and, and I think that's what small business owners struggle with is, you know, they, they don't know how to tie it together. So, you know, or like you said, you know, they, they go with one one specialty. So, you know, they might just be posting on social media or they might think, okay, well, we're just going to do press releases. Um, You know, my favorites are the people that say, I'm not even going to have a website because I have a Facebook page. And I'm like, oh, danger, danger. Yes, (laughs) right, right. um, You know, and, and, and it is so hard to track and they're not experts in it. And they go with flavor of the month is probably the easiest way to do that. And obviously right now, social media in a lot of ways is the flavor of the month. But if it doesn't tie back in, you know, if you're not sending people to your website or making them call or, you know, all those various things, then, you know, are you generating, you know, um, awareness? Sure. But if that awareness is not leading to anything, it really doesn't matter. You're absolutely right. And I do think social media has become the latest keeping up with the Joneses, the latest, okay, what should I be doing? And um, not... Not everything makes sense for every company. Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest thing for small business owners to think about, and I've talked to many and just as asides when people have said, well, should I be on Facebook? I'm like, I don't know. And and here's why. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that the thing with social media is that um, whatever, whatever you're going to do, going back to your point of, what is your goal? Mm-hmm. Start with what's most important to them. Because for some businesses, starting the social media thing 
could be could make sense, but in our marketing plans for our clients, social media is unlikely to be one of the first places we would start. And the reason being is that there's some key foundational elements that need to be in place before you're ready for social media. Right. And to do it effectively, and many times you need to have a fair amount of content mm-hmm. and you need to make sure your brand and your voice is developed because you don't want to be developing that on the fly mm-hmm. and in social media. And you really need a very clear understanding of your target audience. And the mm-hmm. reason I say that is because as you get into should I be on social media, to your point, maybe. But if you think about what's your most pressing challenge, is it awareness, is it lead generation, and is it, you know, credibility and thought leadership, and then if you break that down to, okay, what are your goals, there may be very, uh, there may be higher ranking uh, marketing tactics that would make more sense in your marketing plan than to rely on social media to achieve that goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we do is we break it down into, okay, what's, what's your top line goals? What's success for you? Mm-hmm. And what do you need marketing to, to how is marketing going to support your overall business plan? And then look at it from the perspective of what's the best strategy to get you there. And let's mm-hmm. assume social media uh, awareness is an important aspect of your okay. strategy. If it's lead generation, I honestly think... There, there may be other more targeted, effective ways that you could um, address mm-hmm. uh, lead generation outside of a social media platform. But if we take that and then look at, okay, what, do you, what kind of an investment in the, in the marketing plan is being done on a monthly basis and where does social media make sense, uh, then you have to look at your platforms, right? There's a mm-hmm. wide variety of platforms out there. And the best way to evaluate your social media channels, and for those of you listening in, I'm talking about you know, LinkedIn, Facebook, right. Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, those types of things, those types of channels, to then evaluate, do I need to be on all of them? Which ones are more important? Mm-hmm. And what I would guide someone to think about is go back to your target audience. Where Who is your, are they? Where are they? Who are they? Are you in a business-to-business space? Are you in a business-to-consumer space? Mm -hmm. Um, That will help you determine, okay, um, you know, that will help you evaluate your social media channels. And then you can prioritize because I do think it, it likely for a business owner could be overwhelming to say, how am I going to manage and maintain content across Mm -hmm. all these places? Who am I going to have manage this for me? How much time can I invest in this? And if you don't, if you're doing it because you're thinking, well, it would be nice to be out there. If it's Mm -hmm. a nice to have versus a needs to have, be clear you understand that going to it. Mm -hmm. Because you can really, like a lot of things, it can become a huge time suck. And if you can't, for certain know how it's going to deliver return on your inv- return mm-hmm. to your company then really evaluate and it's okay to say i'm not on social media right now mm-hmm. it's not a priority for my company right. that's okay well and of course the trick with social media is it's not yours you know, I, I joke that, you know, b- businesses say, well, I'm not going to have a website. I'm just going to have a Facebook page. That's great until Facebook changes the algorithms, changes, you know, all sorts of things. Maybe maybe they start charging if you're going to be a business page. You know, who, and I'm not scaring anybody. No, they're not. They haven't said that. But it's not 
you know, you don't own that platform. Um, you know, recently LinkedIn redid uh, things. Yes. You know, other things come and other things go. If you really rely, especially on one specific platform, you can have a lot of trouble if it changes. Um, you know, the people who are spending a lot of time on Facebook, which, you know, they do because it's the big dog on the block right now. It is definitely the flavor of the moment. You know, it is chocolate covered cherry with, you know, whipped cream and it is all of that good stuff. But it changes, you know, people who used to be getting a lot of good interaction, the algorithms changed and now they get nothing. And yeah. you, you make a, big a part great of, yeah. point. Yeah. And for small business, I would strongly recommend do not dabble, do mm -hmm. not rely right. on someone that their, you know, their college student has spare time and is doing their social media for mm -hmm. you. Yes, they're savvy in social media. You mentioned something that is so important. I'm so glad you did. The algorithms change. The rules mm -hmm. change. Google, all of them, they update about quarterly. Um, you need to be current on this. Someone who is maybe in between jobs or is retired and they're like, you know, I'm taking up social media. Make sure you're working with someone that is an expert in social media and mm -hmm. understanding the algorithms and staying on top of it. It's right. not something like riding a bike that stays the same for the rest of your mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. It yeah, does it's, change it's and you like want to be current. Mechanic. You know, are you going to go to a car mechanic to work on your brand new car that is fancy schmancy and has all the bells and whistles and says, well, you know, I read a book about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just took my first class. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm nothing against those people, but I just want to make sure the small business owner, you want to be working with someone who understands the platforms, who mm -hmm. maintains and manages them based on going back to your target audience. Not only is it important to know who they are and what platforms they're going to be on, but based on their industry, based on their titles, based on a variety of other information, you then need to determine when you're going to be more effective at posting. Mm -hmm. Time matters during the day. When, do right. your, when does your target audience tend to be on some of these mm -hmm. channels? Is it just that they're gathering information? Do they, take, do they take action on it? You mentioned Facebook. Facebook is a very, uh, a lot of people discount Facebook for business to business. <coughs> and one of the things we continue to see is where Facebook is very helpful is you can do a lot of analytics using Facebook. Right. Because you can really help target your um, your audience within Facebook and the information that they capture. And a lot of people on business to business discount Facebook and think, I don't need to be on there. That's for people who want to know, you know, um, you know, about their relatives and the latest party mm -hmm. and birthdays and all that kind of stuff. It's becoming much more than that. So, mm -hmm. you know, people think B2B and they think LinkedIn. Facebook is having much more of a, um, making much more of a play and becoming much more useful and being able to target mm -hmm. groups within Facebook to speak to them and to um, keep them informed and be relevant. Um, but I think going back to something we were touched on a little bit is, you need to have a content strategy and right. content is strategic. Content is developing what's your voice going to be? What's your angle? What are you trying to share? Because you could damage your brand if you're just posting stuff out there just for the sake of being visible and people mm -hmm. are like, what does that have to do with this business? Right. And so you got to be careful. And that's where I said sometimes social media isn't 
the best place to start if you have other particular priorities, for example, lead generation, um, that you'd want to be in, investing in over social media. If you can do it all, great. Then you could mm-hmm. incorporate Twitter as a way to drive people to your website and maybe your latest case study or an example of a customer win and give an idea of people, give people an idea of your capabilities. But the content is king and mm-hmm. content you need a fair amount of it to be out there and be active. So you just don't want to be doing that on the fly. Right. You want to have that be part of your integrated marketing strategy of this month. What are the key things that I want to be sharing or that's going on in my business or key influencers or people that you highly respect in your industry that you could share their information and that you agree with. But you don't want to do that willy-nilly because mm-hmm. you could be sharing stuff that actually you don't agree with, the, the right. positions you perhaps not in the way you want to be known. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's where it's so important if, you're, if you've outsourced this, uh, that you have a very good relationship with the people that are, are doing your posting. Yes. Um, you know, and, and again, it doesn't matter if it's you know, the college kid down the street or you know, somebody across the, the country. You know, I've I've worked with people who have said, well, you know, we hired this person and they posted things that had nothing to do with the business. Right. You know, or they posted so generic, you know, and and and, you know, we're not knocking anybody because it, it in a lot of ways, you know, it's, it's funny. It's kind of one of those catch 22s. Should you be there? Maybe if you're there, you have to be posting something. And so sometimes is it good that you're just posting? Well, you know, if it's not, as you mentioned, damaging your brand, but if it's so generic, you know, I I knew somebody who set up their own social media firm and they specialized in a particular industry. Mm -hmm. Perfect. I mean, you know, that means they're going to be very, very skilled at it. But the problem was they posted generic content for all of their clients. Oh, yeah. And they never developed anything that was specific. You know, and, and, you know, it's great to have some generic content, but because they didn't have anything specific, some of their generic content really missed the mark. Um, right. You know, and, right. and that's the problem is if you've told somebody one thing on social media and they call and say, hey, we want to buy X. And it's like, well, we really don't do that. <laughs> you know, then you've lost them right there. Right. That's right. And that's why I think as a as a integrated marketing team, we have that the social media experts on our team are part of the rest of the team. So when a press release goes out or pictures in a community event are done or um, the latest blog is written, that the social media team members are all part of the integrated team. So you're Mm -hmm. taking that information and getting it out across the appropriate channels. And that, I think, is a huge benefit to the small business owner. Many of our clients will say early on, how am I going to know that your content's going to be on point? Mm -hmm. And my point is, well, they're part of the team. And so the marketing plan is all put together so that that plan is going to take that content and leverage it across your social media channels. The mm-hmm. risk is if you don't have that person as part of your integrated marketing team, they are unfortunately out there on their own and they mm-hmm. may just be dying for what's the other content? What else is going on? Right, right. You know, and, and again, if they're not posting something that makes sense, it's horrible. Um, you know, I've, I've mentioned this on my program several times. I had a you know, person that I knew who was a baker 
And she hired a firm that was in New York. She was not in New York. Um, she was in Colorado. And so they thought it was fun to post about weather. Well, you know, Denver weather is very different than mountain weather. So, you know, there were those disconnects. But they also posted things like wedding cake photos. She wasn't that type of baker. And so oh. when people called and said, hey, you know, we just saw the absolute most gorgeous wedding cake. We'd like to do that. She'd have to say, well, um, that's not what we do. And, you know, and, and so that's where it, you're right. It's it's very much about being a team, whether you've outsourced it or you've got that in-house. Everybody has to know what everybody's doing. You know, the second that that collapses, then you've lost all of it. Yeah. And very tough to recover, honestly, mm-hmm. you, and especially if you're, you know, promoting or boosting posts or whatever. Mm-hmm. It. Like anything, and and as part of your business, you want to make sure it's integrated, well-coordinated, and that can be a burden for a small business owner. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for us, that is our our value proposition to our, cust- to our clients, that we mm-hmm. are their team, and we will make sure it's integrated. Right. You know, and, and integration is so important because, you know, say you're saying one thing on – you know, a brochure. We'll go. We'll get away from social media for a second. So you're you're saying one thing on a brochure, and they go to your website, and there's a different look. Um, you know, I, I love your website. It's got your green apple. You know, like you were <laughs> yes. mentioning, and and your colors, things like that. So if your brochure was say pastels that had you know animals on it, I'm like, wait a minute, I don't have the right company. Right. And, you know, or obviously if the messaging is different. So that's something. And and that's where small business owners, I think, really struggle because they they see something they like from somebody else and go, "Ooh, I like that. I'm going to do that. You know, and and whether it's developing a website or, you know, all those various things. And and so they do. They're like, oh, look, I have this brand new brochure. Well, it still all has to tie in. It does. And, you know, I literally was at, was with a new client um, this past week, and we were confirming their service offerings. Mm-hmm. And as we had determined what the uh, market sectors we were going to go after, I was reviewing the service offerings with them. And I said, now, this doesn't really make sense to me. So let's just go over these and confirm why these were listed on your website. Because right now we want to convert your current, almost like a Chinese menu list of everything you Mm -hmm. do and help the person coming to your website understand your key areas of expertise. Right. And so I listed a couple and I said, now why are these listed? And he, and the owner smiled and said to me, because they were on our competition's website and we thought we should have them. Ooh, bad, bad, bad. <laughs> I said, okay, they're going to come off because yes. it's not an area that no. really you have a lot of expertise mm-hmm. or that there's a lot of growth opportunities in. He goes, I agree. So just a simple example of right. only right. on there because they were like, mm-hmm. oh, they have it on there. Let's put it on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and if a client had come to them and wanted that specific thing, they would have lost them. You right. know, and, and now sometimes you do have something complimentary, but that's called bait and switch. <laughs> you know? Yes. And so, you know, only put the things that you offer, you know, and, and, and I think for, especially for small business owners, that is a struggle because they're thinking I have to pay my bills, you know, and, and maybe it's the one person shop, the, the, you know, the solopreneur. And so they want to offer everything, hoping that they're going to hit something. 
Um, you know, it's, it's the old, you know, are you shooting at the fly with a shotgun or are you actually targeting that fly? Right. Um, you know, and, and we see it all the time, you know, yes, where that, that business owner has said, I can do this and 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 this. And you realize they don't do any of it well, because there's no way that they can do all of those things. Um, you know, and, and, and that's where it's hard for a business owner to sit down and think, first of all, I have to develop a very specific target market. You know, I, I'm not selling to everyone. I hate that term. Um, you know, and, and and I do have to figure out what are the best things to sell to them because I can't sell everything. Right. And I think, honestly, when you get to that point in going through this process that I just referenced with this new client, I think they feel now and they and they've expressed this to us that they feel such clarity in mm-hmm. terms of clearing out some of the clutter Right. And that they feel like before they listed about seven market segments, and now mm-hmm. we've agreed we're going to focus on two that are very, they're so well positioned for. And I really, at the end of that meeting, the the people around the table were like, thank you so much. This right. is just providing. And I, mm-hmm. and I encourage small business owners, you know, to your point, don't try to be everything. Pick the mm-hmm. things that you would put yourself up there against anybody that you know you do really well Mm -hmm. and focus on those things because I think not just in terms of clarity but your comfort level and your confidence of how clearly and consistently you can go to market and say this is what I do really well Mm -hmm. Um, versus trying to be everything to everybody because that's where you just you're going to get yourself in trouble and you're probably spread way too thin for what you can Mm -hmm. deliver right you know, and, and I mean, you look at every business in the world that is successful, they limit. You know, Starbucks doesn't sell hamburgers. Yeah. Um, you know, McDonald's doesn't sell clothes. You know, and, and when you've got these businesses that are trying to do too many things, you know, they, they you know, they, they lose it. Um, look at Google. You know, Google has tried, what, three, four times now to have a social media platform. They're Google you know, you would think that they would have the resources to be able to pour into this. And of course they did. They poured lots of resources in, but they just couldn't do it. Um, you know, and, and, and I find, you know, that's, that's interesting when you think of, you know, one of the biggest companies in the world, you know, they, they didn't do it. Or the Facebook phone. Wasn't there like a, a smartphone that Facebook tried and that lasted like maybe a month? Because that's not their core business. You know, it, it, to them it made sense because they're thinking, well, we're going to sell the phone that people access Facebook on. Right, right. But they didn't have that knowledge and that, that depth of support to be able to have, you know, be able to offer phones. Now, could they do a partnership? Probably. Probably. But when yeah. they tried to do it themselves, that was what the problem was. That's right. That's right. Yeah, the focus, I think, you know, uh, is, a, is a common theme here as we speak today in terms mm-hmm. of focus on who your ideal. I, I, I take my clients through this initial engagement where we talk about who is your customer or client today that you would like to clone? And if mm-hmm. everyone could be like them, what is it about them? And you take that exercise and then you flip it and say, mm-hmm. who is a past customer or current customer that you would like to never have to work with again? Right. And why? And mm-hmm. understand those. And they laugh at the second part of the exercise. And then I, I said, do you know why we're bringing this up? 
And they're like, no. And we're like, because we don't want to market to them. And right. so we want mm-hmm. to develop the message and your examples and all the things that you're great at so we don't attract them. Mm-hmm. And then a light kind of goes on. And I go, we don't want to be sending leads that replicate these people. Mm-hmm. So we're going to develop the message and the offerings so that they would read this and go, oh, that's not what I wanted. Right. I don't want to, I don't need that. I just want this little bit. And you're going to be like, we don't do that. Mm-hmm. This is what we do. Right. And, you know, it's like you're saying, McDonald's doesn't offer clothes. If you want clothes, then you need to go somewhere else. So you mm-hmm. clearly present that. And I know it sounds very simple, but for some companies, it's a breakthrough. When you mm-hmm. see that and you say, okay, I know exactly who that A ideal is. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to develop all of our messaging, all of our materials, what focuses, um, what channels on social media what the press and the types of publications we may be targeting, what, how we're going to reach them and speak to them, you're now building a very targeted plan and you can eliminate a lot of things mm-hmm. and say Pinterest doesn't matter to this group. Instagram right. doesn't matter. LinkedIn and certain groups are very important and I'm going to use Twitter and drive them to my website. And, mm-hmm. you know, you get that very tight focus plan that you can execute on. Mm-hmm. And that is very that's huge for small business owners because it clears the clutter and gives you that, that clarity of, okay, here's what I'm going to do. Because I think it's overwhelming as a small business owner to try to think of all the various marketing um, components of a plan that may make sense for your business. Mm -hmm. And that can be uh, a source of anxiety and wondering if you're doing the right things and if you should be doing other things, it's a source of stress. And right. it should, if you have that confidence and you have the right team in place that you know is developing that plan and executing on your behalf, hopefully it's delivering peace of mind and comfort level that you have the right team around the table getting you and your business where you want to be. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I love the concept of figuring out who you don't want to work with. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I have a, a friend who's an accountant and she's very, very good at what she does. But she said, you know, she spends so much time because it's the typical thing, you know, you spend, you know, 90% of your time on 10% of your clients. And, you know, and, and she said she was spending so much time on the one person entrepreneurs who didn't keep good records, you know, were home based. And so, you know, they're trying to write off their toilet paper, um, you know, all these various things. And she said, you know, they're great people. She likes working with them, but it takes so much of her time. And when she changed her focus to say, you know, and and it was something as simple as I work with businesses that have five or more employees Mm. because right there, she just, you know, if, if it was, you know, somebody who's a home based business, they went, Oh, okay. Oops. Now, could she still provide some resources for them? Sure. You know, but those were things that were not going to take her time. Um, you know, and, and, and I think that's, again, that's hard for people to say, Oh, I'm going to limit my market because they're thinking there's money, there's money out there. Right. Right. But you know, you have to think smarter so in smart. order to serve more. And, and she didn't offend anybody with that. Right. Five or yeah. more isn't written mm-hmm. in a way that someone goes, Oh, I'm not worthy of her. Mm-hmm. No, you're just yeah. not the right fit. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, you know, we've, and we've all turned clients away. You know, I, I, you know, it's always entertaining to do that because, you know, then you're thinking, should I, should I, should I, <laughs> but you know, I try to, to not just say no. Um, you know, for whatever reason, maybe it's a conflict of interest. Maybe it's just somebody I don't want to work with because you know, there, there is that. Um, but I try and give them other solutions. Now, have there been a couple of times where it's just, I absolutely won't work with them because I think they're not, not good. 
Yeah. I mean, I had one one time and, and this was, it was funny. I haven't thought of this for, for a very long time. They um, wanted a PR firm and, you know, so we were doing a proposal for them and they said, well, there's this other company that we got a quote from, but we didn't really like them. So we're going to give you their proposal and we want you to match it. And that was a red flag, right? Yeah. There. It was like, eh. yeah. And so they, they gave me the proposal and, you know, and because I just, I didn't say no outright and they redacted out the company name every place except once. And, and it happened to be somebody that I knew and knew well. And I called him, I said, you need to not work with these people. <laughs> you know? I said, I'm not going to work with them either, but you need to know what they did. Um, and it was funny because that company that the you know person who wanted the proposal came back at us at both of us and were, were really upset. And we said, you know, there's, there's this little thing called ethics <laughs> and, and we weren't going to cross those lines. Now, somebody else very well might. Um, but, but yeah, it was, you know, it, it, there is that little voice in our head, that little tickle in our tummy, whatever, that's going danger, danger. Yep. Yes. Follow that. Um, Absolutely. You know, never be so desperate for money that you work with somebody that is just not going to be good because it's never going to work out. You know, that the initial uh-ohs are going to turn into big uh-ohs. Yes. And if you really can define those things, like you just said, you know, some of these things are gut reactions. Right. But as you're growing and scaling a business, if you can really define, especially to help your salespeople and other people as you're scaling, define what makes a great client and then mm-hmm. what doesn't that will help you onboard your salespeople right. and help them understand and know that they're going okay I'm supporting how this business wants to grow and this is not how we conduct business and we're not mm-hmm. going to go there so right. uh, I think it really helps it it may sound like oh you know why would you document it well it will help you scale and it will help others mm-hmm. define those clear parameters um, that will help you because it, it is it, like you said you know how you focusing and also then defining how do you what's your positioning so for mm-hmm. us like we don't do marketing projects we are an ongoing uh retained marketing mm-hmm. department for our clients and i will often have people oh mary i want to refer you to so and so they just need mm-hmm. a website right. and i said but see i don't believe just getting mm-hmm. a website is going to solve their marketing needs mm-hmm. i'm not doing delivering them the highest service that they right. really need mm-hmm. um, to just do that. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, like you, I would refer them to someone or say, you know, I'm sorry, that's not what we do. Um, mm-hmm. And and when you turn down something and think, oh, well, maybe we could have fit that in right now. But you're doing, you know, you're sticking to where you're delivering on your value proposition. Mm-hmm. And for us, being that outsourced marketing department, we truly believe marketing is an ongoing function. And as I mentioned, it's not something that everyone needs full time. And that's why mm-hmm. we can do this for multiple clients and scale to what they need. And, you know, it may not be a lot of a lot of hours. One of our right. clients, we have nine people on my team involved mm-hmm. in the client on a monthly basis. And at the end of the month, that converts to one full time equivalent. Mm-hmm. You know, right. and so they're getting a huge amount of expertise across a variety of people that would, if they had to hire everybody, they they couldn't hire one full-time person for that no. because there's 10 different skill sets involved. Mm-hmm. Right. 
you know, and, and the cool thing about doing it this way is you can scale up and scale down. That's right. You know, maybe they've got, you know, there's somebody that, for example, might exhibit at CES in, you know, the, the big electronic uh, trade show that's in Las Vegas every January. You know, October, November, and January, or and December, I skipped a month, October, November, <laughs> December, um, you know, that's when you're really going to be scaling up for them to get them ready to go. And then, you know, uh, probably a month after you're following up on leads, you're doing all of those things. And then, you know, there it, it changes. And, and so that's where it really is good to be able to work with somebody who can scale up and scale down depending yes. on your needs. Yeah, that's right. And you and and to that point, they may have seasonality where it's like, you know, the mm-hmm. summer's pretty quiet. Okay, well, let's work on some kind of almost maintenance type of stuff that has to get right. done anyway. Mm-hmm. And then you scale up. So absolutely, it gives them great flexibility um, mm-hmm. in terms of and having that partner that they can um, work with. And, you know, we're meeting with our clients once a week in person and then, you know, d- executing that monthly plan. And we're all about the months. I get, we get mm-hmm. to a new month and one of my teammates earlier was joking, oh, my gosh, it's already April 7th. I feel like the month is half over. I'm right. like, it's mm-hmm. the first Friday in the month. You're good. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. <laughs> you're Don't good. Panic. Breathe deep, breathe deep. <laughs> We're going to be con- fine. We have three more, three more weeks to get everything done for the month. But yeah, it's very much, um, very mu- much a monthly cycle, and mm-hmm. um, that creates an urgency for our team because we mm-hmm. want to be able to okay, let's get those things done so that we're building that funnel and and delivering on those key metrics uh, now you know, mm-hmm. so that we can show, we can show the results. So, um, I do think it, it, it creates, um, it's a, it's a solid offering for, for clients and an option from, do you really want to, and would you need to build your own internal team? Mm-hmm. And because I think the, the, the challenge there is, do you, who do you hire? What mm-hmm. skill set do you want to own and what do you want to rent? Um, and I wrote a blog about this not too long ago about what I tend to see is when you hire, you either overhire and you have a senior person that then you're paying an awful mm-hmm. lot for them to manage junior marketing tactical stuff. Or you underhire and then you've added a burden to whoever they're reporting to because mm-hmm. that person needs a lot of direction right. and doesn't have a lot of depth in any one particular area. And you're probably going to need an agency anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a it's a challenge. I, I understand mm-hmm. why people evaluate it, um, but I really think, you know, it's not you certainly don't need a senior um, strategist full-time for most mm-hmm. small businesses. Right, it just right. doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. You know, and a big part of, of what that person needs to be doing, and, and uh, you know, I, we've got about eight minutes left or so, is looking at those analytics. And so let's, let's spend the rest of the time we have on that because that's the key. You know, are you spending your money and your time in the right spot? And, and you know, my favorites are the people who say, well, you know, social media is free. So that's what I'm using. No, <laughs> no, 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 never danger, danger, because there's your time, you know, or it can cost you, it can cost you sales, you know, as we've been saying, you know, things like that. So it is never free. And the second that you are treating it like it's free, that's where your problem is, is coming in. But, you know, let's, let's talk about ROI. Right. You know, one of my favorites are the people who say, you know, rightly so, show me the value in social media. So how do you measure metrics in social media? 
great question. Which I know we only, and that's like an hour and a half nope, worth of nope, answer. No, but <laughs> we, we can absolutely cover it in the time uh, conveyed because as part of the marketing plan, as part of awareness and what we call reach, right? Getting out there right. to the right mm-hmm. audience. Once you know your right audience, where do the, how do you report on the social media? So on the social media side, how we report is we report on, um, we report on the number of posts, we mm-hmm. report on the reach of the post. So who are mm-hmm. we reaching? And we know within each sector, the audience, within each channel rather, the audience we're trying to reach. We look at level of engagement mm-hmm. and we look at top posts. We look at what are the things that are resonating with our, with our audiences because that is great feedback for both the sales and the management teams around, boy, this video we did got a lot of shares, got a lot of reach. Mm-hmm. People, you know, that combination of having vis- uh, video, which people uh, really tend to engage in. Uh, so we're looking at both the mix of posts, the type mm-hmm. of posts that get the most reach. We're looking, we evaluate our competition. So the client competition and what they are posting and the frequency and the reach of those. And mm-hmm. one of our B2C uh, clients uh, we look at probably uh, based on the industry there, and we look at probably eight competitors, and we are outperforming the eight competitors in terms of um, frequency and reach. Of mm-hmm. so we know we're building the awareness of our brand, which in this particular industry is critical to mm-hmm. be um, to be up there and be in that considered brand. So there is you know return on investment here is. Um, the engagement and the reach when we get people weighing in and sharing posts and mm-hmm. you're getting that kind of almost augmented reach are great ways that we look at the social media aspect mm-hmm. of it. Uh, right. Go and ahead. it's not just those, th- you know, I love the people who, well, I, there are 10,000 people who like my page. Therefore, it must be successful. Oh, <sighs> yeah. No. In fact, I, I'll share quickly an example where um, – a client that we started with working uh, in uh, very beginning of the year and we were displacing a marketing agency that she was very frustrated with. And, and mm-hmm. so I was asked, and I said, so what are, what are they currently doing for you on LinkedIn? And she said, they're building my followers. And I said, oh, is that important to you? Because for some people it is, it's a little bit of an ego or I'm, I'm relevant or I'm valid or whatever. So, mm-hmm. She looked at me, she's a wonderful woman, and she said, no, I could care less. I said, so why are they doing it? And she goes, I have no idea. It's one of my frustrations. They told her it was important. Right. So what's really interesting with that, Deb, is that for her industry, number of contacts is irrelevant. She Mm -hmm. is a niche player in a very tightly focused industry. So Mm -hmm. as I joked with her, I said, you know what? If we had the right 20 contacts in LinkedIn... And I'm exaggerating, but let's say even mm-hmm, 40 right. contacts in mm-hmm. LinkedIn, the, the right players, that's really all you need mm-hmm. given your expertise. If we got those 40 people knowing you really well and understanding mm-hmm. through case studies and photos because her work is very visual. And she goes, yeah, you're right. That's what I need. That's my mm-hmm. ideal target audience. Those are my A's that we want to replicate. And I said, mm-hmm. yeah, they're focused on getting you to 500. It's silly. It's irrelevant. Right. Mm-hmm. So you make a great point, and I'm glad you brought it up because it's numbers 
just number of followers could be totally irrelevant. If it's Mm -hmm. not the right number of followers within what we call your dream list, your prospects, Mm -hmm. your suspects, the influencers in your sector, in your industry, that's what you care about. So it's much Mm -hmm. more quality than quantity. And Mm -hmm. we don't report on that because what we look at in order to build your contacts is to make sure we are doing that focused on knowing very well your ideal audience, who your influencers are, who are the people in your industry that you want to connect with. Those are the ones we're going to focus on. Mm-hmm. Some people may argue it's a numbers game. I would say it depends on the industry of whether it's a numbers game right. or not in your positioning. Mm-hmm. Well, and it, you know, it, it is this weird little catch 22 because you know, I'm not going to follow a page that has five people who follow. Oh, that's it. right. Yeah. You know, and, and, or, you know, Twitter is a great example. Um, you know, when I'm looking at Twitter, I don't, you know, I do look at who it is, you know, who is, has followed me or has, you know, and, and then, you know, do I want to follow them back? So I look at their profile. At first, I look at their picture. If they don't have a picture. Eh, I'm, I skip them over. I, you know, I'm not even going to look at them. So I look, you know, do they have a picture? And then I look at the, you know, you can hover the mouse over and their little profile pops up. And and so then I look to see what have they described. Does that sound even interesting? I mean, you know, because part of what I'm on Twitter for is entertainment. So is it interesting? And then I look at the numbers. You know, if if I am follower number 22 and then it's like, no, nah, come, you know, and, and they could just be starting out, you know, all these various things. But I want to see numbers before I'm going to follow back. Um, and a lot of times when you, and especially if it's lopsided, those lopsided ones, you know, those are, you know, the danger, danger ones, because, you know, it, it is something where maybe they are trolls, maybe they're, you know, things you don't want. But it's it's funny. Numbers are, you know, they're tricky things. They are tricky things. And you brought up something earlier that is important um, as you as a, you uh, look at the numbers, but also um, LinkedIn, for example, just recently changed their their pages and and some people early on, and I know uh, we were affected by this, the layout changed. And right. again, for your brand, you want to make sure when they go from your different social media channels to your website that there's a consistent look and feel and they know, oh, this is all the same company. Mm-hmm. This is all the same folks. Uh, so those are important things to look at. But I think from mm-hmm. a, just like anything for your social media, it needs to come down to what is your goal? What are your mm-hmm. objectives for that channel? And then you define what are the measurements that are most important to you? Because if it is, I want to have so many followers that may or may not be the best goal, but for some mm-hmm. CEOs and others, it is important to them. For mm-hmm. others, they evaluate it and say, okay, I, you know, my, my audience isn't as active on here. I'm not going to mm-hmm. look at it. Most of our clients have an active social media presence, but some do not. Based on, the mm-hmm. pre- based on their industry, it's less important to them than other efforts. Right. You know, and, and again, it has to be part of your marketing plan. Yes. You know, you can't just be on Facebook because your neighbor said you should be. Right. Or, you know, the Chamber of Commerce said you should be. Or your competitor is. You have to be on there because it makes sense. That is a great way to sum it up. It needs to be part of your marketing plan. And I am a big believer that... Marketing plans are not just for large organizations, and in fact, ours are managed on a weekly basis. Um, It doesn't have to be complex, but it guides you. It's a resource allocation, it's a prioritization, and it's alignment for the organization. And it then gives you, okay, hopefully as the owner, 
I have peace of mind that this is in place and that I know it's being executed and it all ties into a bigger plan. The social media effort should not be something done on the side as almost a, um, you know, kind of a a hobby of Mm -hmm. let's see what we could do with this related to our business. Mm -hmm. It can be a very important strategic component, but it shouldn't just be out there hanging out on its own. It needs Mm -hmm. to be part of a broader plan. Right. Well, Mary, we are at the top of the hour, and this is just fascinating to me. So um, I think we definitely have to have you on again because things change. And and so we need to review those. But before then, tell people how they find you and connect with you online. Great. Yes. So website is for4marketingmatters.com. On uh, LinkedIn, there's Four Marketing Matters, and also Mary E. Honan is my uh, LinkedIn presence. Facebook is Four Marketing Matters, and Mary Honan, and Twitter, M.E. Honan. So, variety of ways you can you can reach out, but check out our uh, fairly new website that went live not quite a month ago, and uh, let me know any feedback or any it. any ideas. I love it. I love it. Well, I've been having a great time talking with you. And until next week, everyone have a great day. Thanks, Deb. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.